After having the first pick in the 2021 NBA draft and five McDonald's All-Americans in 2022 and potentially 10 guys drafted in 2023, is Dallas-Fort Worth the new basketball mecca? I make a case for it here. Stay tuned. What is up? Happy Tuesday. You are listening to the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast. I'm your host, Rafael Barlow, the founder of NBA Draft Junkies and the director of scouting for NBA Big Board. I'm a credentialed media member. I had a Dallas Mavericks uh, media credential the last few years. I've traveled extensively overseas. I know your top prospects in the States and in Europe. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about my adopted hometown. I am not from Dallas. I'm from Omaha, Nebraska, but I've been in Dallas for the most part since 2004. It's been my home base. And I think Dallas is the new basketball mecca. Now, I know people from New York, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, L.A. are going to disagree with it, but I'm going to make a case right here. All right, but before I get into this what you may say is biased, <laughs> this biased episode. I wanted to thank each and every person for making Locked On NBA Big Board your first listen of the day. I appreciate it. I know the rest of the Locked On NBA Big Board staff appreciates it too. So again, shout out to each and every person that has started your day with, with us, especially during this time where basketball is not first or front and center in, in the media. So you guys are definitely the, the diehards out there. All right. Let's get right into it. So back in 2016, Dallas had three McDonald's All-Americans, which at, at, at the time, I believe it's the most one metro area has had. I think it had happened multiple times. But six years later, Dallas had five. Now, according to my estimation and my notes, I think Dallas could have up to 10 players drafted next June. Now that sounds crazy for one metro area, but I think there could be 10 guys drafted in no particular order. Keontae George, who's going to Baylor, um, Kaysen Wallace from Kentucky, Anthony Black and Jordan Walsh from Arkansas, Harrison Ingram at Stanford, Marcus Sasser at Houston, Jalen Wilson at Kansas, Drew Timmy from Gonzaga, arguably the best college basketball player in the nation. Then there's Arterio Morris, who's going to be a freshman at Texas, or I guess school has started, who is a freshman at Texas. And then there's Mike Miles at TCU. That's 10. That's 10 guys that could potentially get drafted. And then there's also Max Abesmith, who was a, a name at this time last year, um, or give or take a few months back, was someone that was even projected as a first-round pick. After having a strong season at Oral Roberts, kind of struggled at the Combine, came back as a junior, still had a strong season, but his draft buzz has kind of faded a little bit. He is, I mean, it's an outside chance, but I didn't count him in my 10. And then there's still other players that are from the the Metroplex that I believe could eventually see the NBA as a two-way player or, you know, eventually make it after playing in the G League. So, again, 10 players, one metro area. It's hard to argue with that. On top of the fact that Kate Cunningham was the top pick in 2021, like I mentioned, Tyrese Maxey is also from Dallas, who I think 
is in, in a redraft in the 2020 draft in a redraft he's easily a top five pick maybe three four and he's also from the Dallas area so being a I don't want to say I'm from here but being here for the past few years I've had a chance to see a lot of the top high school players a lot of the the, the top prospects in this 2020 to high school class, the 2023 NBA draft class, I've actually had the opportunity to see them grow up. And in an article that it, it should come out within the next day or so, I, I I cover how in 2014, I was a struggling videographer that had worked with some NBA players. And while I was working with some NBA players doing some video projects for them, I was so excited about working with them that I was basically charging a little bit of nothing. I was getting paid. I wasn't doing it for free, but it definitely wasn't enough to sustain and pay my bills. So I was, you know, at the time I thought like I'm going to be the top sports videographer. Now, again, it's 2014. Not saying I'm like a pioneer in a sense, but you didn't see players doing workout videos and mixtapes. You just didn't see as much basketball content as you see today. So I was kind of early to the party there. But I wasn't really making a, a lot of money doing it. And so I had a friend named Matt Steffi who um, played rec, rec ball with some of the rec leagues in Dallas. also met him when I was um, interning with Nancy Lieberman. I think they had like some, some business um, that they were working on together. And Matt asked me, did I want to film, um, you know, his fourth grade team? So I'm thinking fourth grade team, you know, I get it. You got a son on the team. You're a dad that wants me to film the games and you want basically – highlights for your son what i didn't know was that this 2022 that the name of the team was the d1 shooters 2022 so again this is 2014 and the way my mind thinks in 2014 2022 seemed a long ways away it's kind of like you know now if i go to the gym and i see a team their name i don't know let's just say the d1 shooters 2030 to me 2030 is a long ways away i mean i can barely Think about what I got going on next week. So anyway, I'm filming these kids. Now I'm going to their games, and I realize like these kids are really talented. Like when I was in fourth grade, I wasn't doing the stuff. I mean, these kids are euro stepping, they're knocking down threes, shooting off the dribble. Just an extremely talented group of kids. That as of today, some of the kids have reclassified, and some were a, a year younger. But there's like five of those kids on this particular team that have signed Division One or letters of intent at division one schools five of them and then there's two that are playing division one football one one guy was a top 100 uh football prospect that's going to um, ohio state so i mean some of the kids on the team are at arizona state signed with texas tech iona and then there's casein wallace so casein was on this team and he wasn't the best player on the team also there's a kid on the team that uh, signed with old miss so again i'm filming these kids trying to make some money did not realize that when I was filming these games and I'm filming, you know, for the other, uh, you know, getting footage of both teams, that the players that I were filming were in this 2022 NBA draft class. I was watching some film yesterday just trying to go back and look, and I noticed Keontae George was playing for a team called Pro Skills. And so it's kind of crazy to me that while I was just filming this group of kids reluctantly just because I needed some money, I had early video on arguably the greatest McDonald's class or the greatest high school class from a metro area. 
and and, and re- at least recent memory, I mean, five McDonald's All Americans is crazy. So that's why I think Dallas is up and coming. All right, before I get into why I think Dallas is the basketball mecca. I'll get to that in the next segment, but I want to talk to you about Rocket Money. Now, I know there's like this script that I'm supposed to read, and I get to it, but I honestly have signed up for Rocket Money, which is known as Truebill, and it has tremendously helped me as far as paying some some extra subscriptions that I forgot about. Like I, An example was when I was staying in Europe this past year, I had, um, I think, ESPN Player, which gave me access to different um espn events because you know i'm trying to watch espn.com on my computer or my phone while i'm in europe you get a totally different site so i was paying like 12 dollars a month totally forgot about it and i was able to cancel it because again i was paying 12 dollars a month for a subscription that i was not using because when i'm in the states as soon as i turn on you know espn or go to espn.com i can watch watch the game so that was one example and then they told me that my cable bill my at&t bill was extremely high and they were able to negotiate it so i am a big time believer in rocket money and for you for example if you keep saying that you need to make a budget but never do it if you somehow keep missing credit card payments or you're afraid to look at your bank statements i've been there before this is the time to take back control of your financial life and meet rocket money which is formerly known as truebill and it is the best financial app out Are you sick of managing your finances with buggy spreadsheets or you have an inbox overflowing with bills or, again, you just don't want to check your bank statements? So you're wondering why did Truebill change its name to Rocket Money? I'll tell you what I heard. Truebill, which is now backed by Rocket Companies, has grown from a bill management app into a full-on personal finance empowerment tool that helps over 3.4 million people with budgeting, lowering bills, canceling subscriptions, and more saving each of their members an average of $700 a year. And with all that growth comes the next evolution in Truebill's story, which is a new name. Bottom line, Rocket Money is everything I've loved about Truebill with a fresh look and feel. So start canceling your unused subscriptions and save money at rocketmoney.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's rocketmoney.com slash LockedOnNBA. Or you can download the app from the Apple App Store or Google Play. Again, I am a believer in Rocket Money. I still want to call it Truebill, but I'm a believer. All right, once again, you are listening to Locked On NBA Draft, and this is Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board and the founder of NBA Draft Junkies.com. And I just want to get into some reasons why I think that Dallas-Fort Worth is the next basketball mecca. All right, one reason, and it's a major reason, is Dallas is a huge metropolitan area. It's one of the fastest-growing cities in the country. The suburbs are spreading out. I mean, pretty soon, I don't know how, how... big you are into geography but pretty soon the dallas metro area is going to be like 30 minutes away from the oklahoma border i mean north texas is growing like crazy i mean i moved here in 2004 of course dallas has always been a big city but just seeing the expansion and the growth you have all of the people moving here from different parts of the the country and even the world so one dallas has the population two dallas has the best facilities now, when you think of Dallas, you probably think of football, and even when you think of Texas, you think of football. And some of the craziest high school football stadiums that I've ever seen, I mean, some of these high school stadiums here look better than 
college, small colleges. And even like living in, in Europe, I mean, the high school gyms here are better than some of the arenas that teams play in. So Dallas has the facilities, which I think is, is very important. One facility that comes to mind is Drive Nation. Jermaine O'Neal has a Nike UIBL team called Drive Nation. He has his own facility, which is, I mean, it is crazy state of the art. Then there's this other place that's kind of low key. It's called The Ranch. And I, I can't. It's in Fort Worth. I can't remember which NBA team it is, but it is like a an exact replica of an NBA team's practice facility. It has bunk beds. I mean, it has, I mean, it is crazy. And it's on somebody's land in a ranch. And then there's just different places, schools, like in, in the different suburbs, the schools have multiple gyms. So facilities are here. And, and some of the best trainers have built their own facilities and so with the facilities you have two of the top uh skills trainers in the country and tim martin who's um very well known some of tim's clients are trey young tyrese maxi pj washington these are all players that he had as kids before they kind of blew up nationally and then there's tyler ralph Tyler made a name for himself um years ago uh training julius randall and then he has pretty much all of the top players in in Dallas area if they don't go to Tim they go to Tyler sometimes they go back and forth and those guys are 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 good friends and have collaborated and worked together before so like when I go into you know a gym with Tyler for example uh it's nothing to see Julius Randle in there you may see Seth Curry in there you may see Dorian Finney-Smith in there um I mean I've seen him work out Patrick Williams. I've seen him work out OG and Nobly. I've seen him work out so many different guys, but then some of the high school players are in those workouts, working out with these high-level pros, and they're getting experience. And then even this past summer, Tim Martin had Drew Timmy. He had uh, John Montero, uh, Mike Miles. Uh, Man, there's just quite a few guys that were in the 2022 NBA draft are working out with Tim. And Tim is also Victor Wimbeyama's trainer. And Victor was here in Dallas for a couple weeks back at the end of July. And Tim often goes back and forth between Paris. So you have great trainers here. There's a few other guys that I could mention. You got Terrell Harris, who was on the, who, he was on one of the Miami Heat championship team. I think it was the first one they won with with LeBron. He has his own um, skills academy which one of his clients is Casey Wallace, who happens to be his cousin. Then it's just a few other guys that are doing really good work. So Dallas definitely has the trainers. But one of the things that I think helps Dallas, especially in the 2022 class, was that these, I don't want to call them kids, but these guys that, that were in 2022, they had been playing together or against each other since, at least to my knowledge, 2014 when they were fourth grade. So when I'm looking at old film, I'm seeing Again, Kaysen Wallace going up against Keontae George. And then you have different players that are also power five guys or four-star players. And these kids played in the same system, and they have good coaching. And they were taught to play basketball the right way. And uh, it, it's just amazing that at such a young age, these kids are serious about basketball, which nowadays it's kind of – I mean, you have late bloomers here and there, but – you know, it's so competitive in a city like Dallas that you have to 
it's hard to like make up ground and pick up the game late because guys are so far advanced in working with skills trainer working with their ball handling when i grew up we just used to hoop you know i go outside go to the park and play even though i feel like kids don't do that no more and i think it is beneficial but they have skills trainers and they are able to see different players that they look up to and, and work out with them so everybody's pretty much accessible and the kids all get along with each other so i think that the facilities and the access to prof- to professional players and and high level skills trainers plays a major role in why Dallas has done such a a a good job in producing talent. And then the competition, like I said, these kids have been playing against each other since like probably second, third, fourth grade. They compete in the summer. They compete in like these these uh, AU tournaments outside of like your 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 Nike EYBL, your Adidas three um, SSB. They have like these different tournaments throughout the summer where kids from different shoe circuits are playing against each other. So they really have an opportunity to, again, just battle it out against each other. And the competition definitely makes each one better. So just going by some of the names of players from the Dallas area. Now, again, I know there's other cities that have strong, uh, uh, I don't want to say alumni, but they have strong natives in the league but just going by dallas at one point dallas had um lamarcus aldrich darren williams and chris bosh so darren williams and chris bosh were two teammates on the i think it was the redeem team so you had one city that had two olympians and there's only like 12 guys that make the olympic team then you got you have julius randall you have marcus smart you have like i said Kay cunningham tyrese maxey going back you got guys like Spud Webb, um, Dennis Rodman, Larry Johnson, Kenyon Martin. I know I'm probably leaving off some names. So Dallas has a track record of of developing talent. But now with this new wave of players, I think it's exploding. And I think the future is even getting brighter. All right. So when we return, I'm going to talk about, i give you a brief summary of some of the 10 players who I mentioned earlier that I believe have a possibility of being drafted. All right, once again, shout out to each and every person that has made this Locked On NBA Big Board podcast your first listen of the day. Now I'm just going to give you a brief summary of a few of the players or, or of the 10 players that I think can get drafted. Now, this is in no particular order. You have Keontae George, who is a freshman at Baylor. He is an exceptional scorer. I'm very, very high on Keontae. And it's not that I'm being biased. I've liked him for a while the first time that i recognized seeing him play now looking back at some old film i see him (laughs) when he was in like fourth grade but the first time i really recognized him was his freshman year he's from an area called Louisville, and he was just far advanced for a freshman i remember tweeting that i think he's wasting his time in high school i think he should probably go overseas and kind of learn that system and learn how to play off the ball in the right way because I thought at the time that he was so good and so much further along than his peers that he could potentially develop some bad habits because everything has came easy to him. Well, I was wrong about that. I mean, I, I still think that having a balance between playing the team ball in Europe and the individual style of play in the States can be beneficial, but Keontae has... He's maintained the hype and the expectations. 
and I'm looking for him to have a strong year at Baylor. I don't think he's going to have like crazy stats because Baylor has um, two good guards returning. But I think that if he can show the some point guard skills, more point guard skills, then I think he could really position himself as the top five player. Um, I know somebody has mentioned that Keontae is similar to um, Jaden Hardy, and I, I can see the similarities. I think Keontae may have a a little bit better grasp of being like a lead ball handler. Now, he still is a scorer first, but he shows flashes of being a really, a really good passer. It's just a matter of finding out the balance. But his outside shot is pretty. He's a pull-up shooter, can create his own shot. I mean, he's one of these guys that whenever he shoots it, you think it's going in. So Keontae George at Baylor, who I think has a chance to be a top five pick. Then there's Kaysen Wallace. Kaysen, it's funny, um, and, and I'll talk about it more in an article that's coming out on NBABigBoard.com. Shameless plug. But when I was watching Kaysen as a fourth grader, he played the four. And he was tall for his, for his age, but it's kind of interesting how guy like for example he was playing a four he was taller than quite a few of the players on his team and now some of those guys are six 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 seven have, have passed him up so luckily for him even though he was tall young and kind of playing the four he always had guard skills and he was a player that even when he was in fourth grade he was a very good defensive player he could pass he could score he just had like this impact on his team and that D1 shooters team. I think they won nationals in like 2014. I mean, they traveled all over the country and they were winning. Obviously, they had five <laughs> division one players, so they were very talented. And at the time, like I said, he wasn't the best player, but he has over the years gotten better and better and better. And his I don't know, like the development he had playing like the four at such a young age I think has played a role in him being such a, a, a good defender and such a, you know, a competitive, I mean, he just, he's so competitive. So he is going to Kentucky. He could be the next of a long line of successful guards that have played for John Calipari. I mean, you can just go at John Wall, Eric Bledsoe, Jamal Murray, Tyler Hero, uh, Tyrese Maxey, Shea Gilgis Alexander, and I think Wallace could be next in that line. And he has drawn some comparisons to Drew Holiday, where he's like this combo guard, but he's an elite defender. He he just does the little things that can impact winning. And I think that Kaysen has a chance to be the best two-way player in college basketball this year. And then there's Anthony Black, big guard, who he played for a team called 3D Empire, and Anthony Black is, you know, he could be best case scenario this year's Dyson Daniels. He is like a, a big point guard that can play multiple positions due to his size. But his greatest asset is his ability to connect and, and pass the ball. It'll be interesting to see what position he plays at Arkansas because he's with Nick Smith, who is also McDonald's All-American. And I, I imagine they're going to share the backcourt. And I know basketball is kind of positionless but it'll be interesting to see how um you know they they mesh and they gel together because both are best with the ball in their hands and you know <laughs> there's only one basketball but anthony black again big point guard passer mcdonald's all-american played for team usa this summer he is someone that i didn't have a lot of um 
knowledge about until maybe two or three years ago. Um, I'm actually friends with his dad, Terry. Terry played at, at Baylor, and I remember Terry because he played um, college basketball with some friends of mine from high school. Then there's Jordan Walsh, and I, um, I've i seen Jordan Walsh work out numerous times uh, a couple summers ago. I want to say it was 2020. Um, he had worked out with some guys that I'm that I'm good friends with, and then I train also. And I mean, he is an exceptional athlete. Has this chip on his shoulder, this toughness, plays hard. But he is a very, very good athlete. Has the physical tools that NBA teams look for. And Jordan is is one of the players similar to Keontae Keontae George that left the Dallas area to go to a prep school now. Jermaine O'Neal has a new prep school that's coming out. I can't think of the name of it. Um, supposed to start this fall. And the the goal is to keep some of the local Dallas talent in Dallas so they don't have to leave and go to different prep schools or, or leave the city. For example, Keontae went to IMG. Kate Cunningham went to Mount Verde. You can go back as far as like P.J. Washington. He went to Finley Prep. Um, there's a few other players that have left the city. So Jordan Walsh went to Link Academy. I think it was their first year, and they played a national schedule. He really made a name for himself. And I have some footage. I need to go back and, and, and find it. Uh, it's just some AU footage from Jordan a few years ago. Then I filmed a workout. He's the one I'm looking forward to seeing. Then there's Harrison Ingram, who played for Team USA under-19 last summer. Flirted with the NBA draft this year. He's at Stanford. He is kind of like the epitome of positionless he's built like a four power forward but he is a natural passer and playmaker very very gifted and skilled there's some that have some concerns about his athleticism he's not like this freaky bouncy athlete but he has a he just has a bunch of different skill sets that are that are valuable that would fit in today's nba then there's marcus sasser from houston unfortunately he had an injury last year and then he flirted with the draft did well at the combine he is i think he's a top 40 player he could potentially end up in the first round he's a score it comes from a long line of of sassers that are kind of legends in the basketball area um i don't know if it's his uncle um jarell sasser played for smu i remember he had the the big afro this was this was years ago and then uh, i don't know if maybe that's his dad i don't know but there's quite a few sassers that i think uh one of his uncles or maybe it's his dad i, I get him confused played at texas tech so he comes from a long line of of he comes from a basketball family and i think he's set up for a big year at houston dinners jalen wilson jalen was someone at this time last year people thought that he was going to have a breakout year um Got off to a, a difficult start last year and then didn't really capitalize on the hype that he had after his redshirt freshman year. But he has the positional size. He's skilled. And he was at the combine this year. I thought he played well. I think he was in the G League combine and then ended up working his way up into the NBA combine. Decided to go back to school. But he's someone that has the size to be able to play the three and the four. Has some skills. And I think with a big year at Kansas, he could... Definitely end up hearing his name called on draft day. And then there's Drew Timmy. We all know about Drew Timmy. Drew Timmy is arguably the best player in college basketball. I'm talking college basketball, not NBA prospect. Drew is coming back for his senior year, <laughs> rare senior. It's it's interesting because 
you know, we, we know what Drew can do. We know on the block he is a monster. He is impossible to defend and on the block. He is a crafty scorer, has this Kevin McHale-type footwork, good touch, good passer, just overall winner. When it's all said and done, he's going to have one of the best college careers in recent memory. And I wonder if the NIL played a decision in him coming back to school. I don't really know if he can help his draft stock coming back to school because like the longer you stay the more film teams have on you which can sometimes be a bad thing but you never know i mean we've seen seniors in the past end up um being drafted one of his teammates cody uh, cory kispert a couple years ago but for timmy i'm sure well let me say let me say this i'm assuming that with his personality his style of play and just his track record, I'm assuming he's making big money in the NIL, which probably played a role in him deciding to come back to school. Now, on one hand, I feel like he probably can't help his draft stock by coming back to school. On the other hand, I do think that there are some areas, one major area that he can improve on that could help him, and this is outside shooting. He is a guy that I thought from his freshman year to sophomore year, he would make the jump as a shooter, and he really hasn't. But I've seen him play pickup this past summer, and the shot looks a lot better. He really shot the ball well at the combine from three. I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but I think he shot over 40% from three at the combine in multiple games. So, um, like I said, on one hand, I think he can help himself, but on the other hand, I think teams already know who he is. And the biggest concern is not his offense, but who does he guard on the defensive end? And even though they're not the same player, He's going to be compared to Luca Garza, who's a great college player who is, you know, a fringe NBA player at this point. Even though he's done the necessary things he needs to on the offensive end to stay, the biggest concern is on defense. And then there's Arterio Morris, who was the fifth of the McDonald's All-American. He's going to Texas. I had a chance to watch him play this past season. Um, I spent the majority of the year in Europe, and then I came back home. Um, I guess to go to some doctor's appointments for my wife um, before we had our son. Then I went to some high school games. And Arterio is the epitome of an explosive athlete. I watched him play the year before when he played against Keontae George. And he's just a guy that, I mean, he impacts and changes games just off his energy and his athleticism. He's tougher than everybody else on the floor. I mean, he's like this exceptional athletic shot blocker. And I think that he has the physical tools and the athleticism that teams like. Now, he is in a he's in a situation at Texas where he probably may not start as a freshman. But I think that, you know, if he knocks down open shots and shows, um, you know, some some of his defensive capability as far as being like this wing shot blocker and athleticism, I think there is a team that will give him a shot. And so um, Arterio Morris at Texas is someone that I'll be definitely checking out. And then there's Mike Miles. Mike Miles from TCU. And Mike first came to my attention, speaking of Dallas youth basketball, he's probably like a third grade, maybe even second grade. Like he had this video that went viral on YouTube. It's probably up to like 5 million views now. And I remember watching it in China and some Chinese players that I was you know, associated with, they were asking me, did I know him? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. And they're showing me the video. I'm like, oh, that is Dallas. And he was just so 
far advanced at such a, a, a young age. And I mean, he was a YouTube legend. It's, it's a Baldest Life video. Check it out, Mike Miles. But if you watch that video and you pay close attention, Cade Cunningham was his teammate. <laughs> so it just shows how, you know, how, how much talent is here in Dallas. And then Mike, I felt like with Mike, he was a legend at such a young age. It got to the point where he was very good and people were, I don't, I don't want to say down on him, but he, his trajectory wasn't what people expected. So he kind of had, um, you know, people that kind of doubted him or thought he was just a YouTube sensation. He ended up having a great high school career. I believe he won multiple state championships, goes to TCU as a freshman, has a good year. And then comes back as a sophomore, has a has a really good year, but not necessarily enough to to lock him in as a first round pick. I think with a strong year at TCU this year, I think that he he has a chance. I mean, I think that he can find a spot. That's very minimum as like a two way guy, but I do think that there is a good chance that he'll get drafted. And I do do think that he will see some time in the NBA at some point in his career. So that is ten guys. 10 guys from one metro area that I believe can get drafted. But then Dallas has a strong class of 2024 kids, kids that we graduated in 2024. I mean, I think there's two five-star guys. And then I'm hearing like there's this class of 2025, which is a freshman class that is so talented, just not only in Dallas, but nationwide, that NBA teams have been reluctant to trade 2026 draft picks because they believe in the talent in the 2025 class. And in that class, we're talking about the Boozer twins, which are the sons of um, Carlos Boozer. And then there is Cooper Flagg, who has probably the, the biggest summer uh, in the United States. Um, he's going to Mount Verde, and I talked about him in a previous episode last week. He would be in that class. I mean, of course, guys can reclassify and go up and down, but those are the two headliners. But I have been told that there are possibly 10 guys from Dallas. Again, there's that lucky number again. 10 guys from Dallas that could end up top 25 or top 50 recruits when it's all said and done. So, again, this 2025 class in Dallas is supposed to be loaded. Well, that wraps it up. Thank you so much for listening and checking out this episode. Once again, I thank you so much for making this your first listen of the day. Now for your second listen, get up to date on the latest news and rumors in the NBA in just 30 minutes every day with the Locked On NBA podcast. Locked On NBA is your daily NBA update in 30 minutes or less. And I'm sure the topic for today that would dominate the headlines is Kevin Durant has decided maybe reluctantly decided to stay in Brooklyn. I personally think, and this is just off NBA draft topic. I think KD wanted to stay in Brooklyn all along. I think this was leveraged to try to get Kyrie an extension. I could be totally wrong. This is just my opinion. I think if Kyrie signs an extension, which the Nets had, I mean, I think they pulled the offer. They weren't interested in extending him because they thought he was unreliable based off of the events from last year. I do think that this was a way for KD to get Kyrie long-term money, but I could be wrong. But once again, thank you so much. It's Raphael. Hope you have a great day. And I am out. <laughs>